I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. Today, I have Pastor Denise Goulet, who is the pastor of ICLV, which is International Church of Las Vegas, with her husband, Paul. And they're so uniquely positioned in Las Vegas. They inherited the church, which I'm going to ask them that story when we, when we talk about this. But they inherited a church in Las Vegas that they turned from like maybe a 200-member church into a multi-thousand-member church with so many services, so many activities. They do so much in the city of Las Vegas. And uh, they do humanitarian stuff, outreach stuff, supernatural ministry. They do. They have a school. They have internships. They have services. They just have so much going on. It's like a a living entity, you know, as a church. But it came through her and Paul's encounters with God, and God ended up encountering Denise and really speaking to her about her prophetic calling. And she's been activating people in the prophetic for now a little over a decade, and or maybe even fifteen years. And Denise, one of the things I love about her the most is that her and Paul, they are winning in life. Like Paul has a master's degree in um, Christian counseling and it comes through in all of his teachings, but they have these amazing kids. They have three amazing kids and they have all their in-laws. The kids have all been married and they have 11 grandchildren and their kids are in ministry with them. They're doing amazing but she tells a very different story sometimes when she gets to share her family history because she wants to be vulnerable so people can learn that God can change your story. And so I love that so much about her and Paul because they started out in one place. I mean, she was a you know Catholic girl from French Canada who ended up, ended up marrying Paul, who's also was Canadian at the time, move into America, and they ended up in Sacramento for a number of years, and God called them to Las Vegas for city transformation. So I'm excited about our interview because you're going to hear a very vulnerable starting place to this amazing family who is now just rocking the world through Las Vegas. Today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have one of our dear friends. It's pastors from the church. My wife, Cherie, came from Pastor Denise Goulet. And without Denise, I wouldn't have my wife. <laughs> so I'm so wow. grateful to yeah. her and Paul for all that they've done. But they, yeah. Denise is an incredible woman. She's a prophet in her own right, but also just her life of going into Las Vegas, which I'm hoping we'll talk about today, and seeing such a burden for a people group that was pretty much disowned by the majority of the church in Las Vegas and going after it. When we first planted a church in, in Los Angeles, I remember Denise, I would, mm-hmm. you know, text you guys, call you, email you, whenever I visited you, ask you a million questions. Cause I was like, how do we reach these people? Cause you guys were some of the only pastors in America that I knew that were hearing God yeah. about like this disenfranchised entertainment people group and people in a, like a hard yeah. city. You've been such an inspiration to us for years, but it's about you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So good to be here with you. Oh, I'm so glad you're on. And I hear your accent. Our our listeners may not know you're French Canadian, which is really amazing. <laughs> yes. And God after sent all you these guys. Years. <laughs> yes. After all these years, I've been in the States for 36 years <laughs> and uh, I'm still French Canadian. Yeah. It's good though. I mean, that's your identity. I love it. I love your and Paul's yeah. just yeah. Uh, even heart for for French-speaking people because of it, which is amazing because a lot of people yeah, lose their exactly. identity and you have another. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. I You are one of my favorite people. We've had some real God journeys Aww. together, but yes, I'm going to talk yeah. about your God journey specifically into Las Vegas because it's such a wild yeah. one into the prophetic. So take us on a journey. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, listen, um, we, we came to Las Vegas in 1992, and that was after we had been in Sacramento at a big, big church. Like, oh, there was wow. 5,000 people there. Paul was one of the, uh, you know, associate pastors. He was um, very successful in a sense that he was, he had started a counseling center, and he had like 18 like therapists working for him, seeing 250 uh, families a week. Wow. Um, we, yeah, we had like a Sunday school of 450 people in, in the church. That's so crazy. It was a Sunday school. And so just to say, you know, he was doing really well and impacting lots of people. And in the meantime, I was just, I was a mom at home and I was uh, still not knowing really what what I was all about. Yeah. I, all I knew is I was an athlete when he met me uh, 12 years prior. You're still an athlete. We uh, have to say that. Denise can yeah. out push up anybody listening right now. I promise. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I can invite anyone to uh, some sort of competition, but <laughs> I, I love to compete. And, I love it. Um, I love it. But um, so I, I wasn't sure what I, I was supposed to be or to do. Uh, all I knew is I was a good Christian mom and, but I had a lot of fears. Um, I wasn't sure about my identity and my destiny and all that. But what I knew is my husband was very good at what he was doing. And mm. one day he went to the Philippines to, um, he was developing and writing a curriculum to help, you know, churches and all that because he does have a master's degree in pastoral counseling. So, but then when he was walking on the streets of the Philippines, he saw, people and families living in boxes and the poverty and the need, you know, uh, for love and for God. And, and then he said to the Lord, I will do anything. Lord, you know, I, I'm pretty much, you know, pretty good at what I'm doing right now. It's pretty easy. Uh, We're successful. You know, that whole talk, but he says, I'll do anything. Like when I see this, the, the, the world needs Jesus, you know. So on his way back to Sacramento at the time, he, um, he, he got a word from God. And he felt like God was telling him, you're going to be the pastor at West Valley Assembly in Las Vegas. That oh, wow. was the name of the church when we took it. And he knew about this little church, about 150 to 200 people, because he had done some seminars on how to prevent your children from sexual abuse. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, and he had spoken at this church who Robert Douglas had started five years prior. Anyways, all this to say that he, you know, he just kind of disregarded the, the thought. And when he got home, though, Robert Douglas called him. And said, hey, listen, I'm leaving the church. And um, and I was asking God about the, my successor. And your face came, you know, was dropped in front of me. Oh, wow. Basically, I saw your face, yeah, as the one who's supposed to take this, this church. And he thought that was pretty incredible because he had a warning in the, in the plane <laughs> that, that was coming. So, but I didn't know any of that. I didn't know. Was that like good about, for you or not good for you? Were you like, I don't want to do this oh, or I do want to do this? No, no oh. that wasn't good for me because I was convinced that Paul was not really called to be the senior pastor, you uh, know, that they call. 
Um, and I was convinced that I didn't want to be a pastor's wife, the typical <laughs> at the time. And that no, was a long time you ago. You are not a pastor's was, wife, typical at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, no, it's perfect. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to have to, yeah. no, to go into that role. It's painful. Like polyester dresses or you look miserable. <laughs> Most of them lo- look miserable in the back seat of the, and uh, whatever. And then they have to work in a nursery only or play the piano or the organ and so I didn't fit any of these and I'm like oh well and I actually kind of threw a fit (laughs) and I was a little immature that was 25 years ago I actually went in the laundry room and I screamed in the laundry pile of laundry I just screamed (laughs) in there because I was so afraid of failure I didn't know who I was I had a lot of anger and that was kind of like the secret I had like you know, I was a frustrated person, wow. and um, and I I didn't abuse my kids, but I I was pretty hard on them, you know, in, with with perfectionism, and so that was my frustration and what I was trying to work out. But as a result, I I didn't I didn't feel good about myself. So all this to say, I didn't really want to go. But then Paul said, "Hey, I know you're." You're a, a, a praying woman. Well, I want you to know, Sean, I wasn't a praying woman. I wasn't even in the Bible. Wow. I, I, I come from a Catholic background. I I didn't never went to Bible college, so I just love God, but in a very limited way and did not walk in Revelation. So he says, listen, I trust your relationship with the Lord. If you really truly believe after you pray about this that we're not to go, I will call Robert Douglas and I will tell him no. And all of a sudden, it's like the fear of God came on me. And I'm like, I better not be the one to get in the way of my husband's calling at the time. And so I started to pray about it. And I started to get excited about the idea, actually. And so, of course, we end up there. And, And it was because we both were in agreement about it. But it just completely changed my life. Um, and the one, the, the second time that I actually got a revelation in the middle of the night is when I had been there about a year. And it's like the Lord woke me up. I started to read the Bible. <laughs> I started to pray. I started to discover, you know, the Lord in a different way, a relationship instead of a religion. Because wow. I do come from a religious structure of a church. I was a good churchgoer as a Catholic. And Paul is the one who brought me to the Lord when, you know, he met me in, at the University of Ottawa um, at the age of 19. So, um, so I was starting to have a relationship with the Lord. And he brought me to Proverbs 15.1 and he said, it's, it's a harsh word turns away wrath, but a, a gentle answer is, uh, no, a harsh word stirs up anger, but a, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Yeah. And, the, and the Lord started to work on me and just said, I, I'm going to do incredible things in you and through you, in your family, in your church, and in this city. But you're in the way with your, that anger of yours is in the way. Wow. This is not my heart. And I'm like, oh, and I started to weep for two hours, Sean. 
on. I was weeping and just asking God to forgive me. And he was showing me how I was crushing my kids' spirit, you know, by with my control issues because I'm afraid, afraid of failure, afraid to speak English, you know. Wow. Um, in front of people, because I'm still really French, I understand it, can speak it, but not publicly, not in on a platform. Yeah. And so, and so he asked, he, he asked me, he brought some healing there, and I said, I, I'll do anything, Lord. And he says, I want on Mother's Day, which is four days down the road there. <laughs> four <Wow>. days. <laughs> I mean, you've because, never shared publicly this way before. No. You have an encounter never. with God, and you're like, here it goes. Exactly. Vulnerability and too. Right away. Right wow. away. And I and I said, share my problem with anger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually you share the testimony. Yeah. Not 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 the not problem. The problem. <laughs> yeah. And he said, Yes. I said, Well, the only way I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna put a little fleece. If Paul asked me to do it, I will. And, and I went back to bed. The next day he asked me what I was up to. And I told him everything. Please forgive me for my anger. Please for, you know, and, and all of that. Because, um, and I, I'll ask the kids, forgive me. And we'll talk. And I'll go for counseling and all of that. And then my husband says, babe. And I'm like, oh, no. He goes, because uh, I didn't tell him that God had said, I want you to share this. <laughs> I didn't tell him hiding that. it. And yeah. And uh, he says, because uh, I have two biblical moms. I'm going to preach Sunday. It's Mother's Day. But I need an example of a contemporary mom. Wow. <laughs> but you know, I felt so, so much like a failure as a mom because of my, my lack of my, my perfectionism. That's what it was. Um, I, Every Mother's Day was a struggle for me. Wow. So I said, I, I can't believe you're asking me this. But I said, I have to say yes. So that was my first big yes. So what happened? So this is what happened. So I share this with Robin because she's on our staff by then. And we're about to have a mother-daughter banquet at that right before the day before Mother's Day. And... Robin asked me if I could share that at the mother-daughter banquet, and my daughters will be there. And what a beautiful thing this will be for the moms. And so I got up there, and I said, okay. I said, yes, again. And I said, okay. I said, I just want to, you know, share with you what happened Thursday night. God brought me to Proverbs 15, and, and I asked my girls to forgive me in front of everyone. Wow. And my little girls, at, she was 11 and 7 at the time. My little girls had tears coming down. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's a, I get it. It's a beautiful story. <laughs> and then they had a contest among some of the girls. And they wrote letters, why my mom is the best mom. And they would pick you know, le- winning letters, and the the girls would read them in front of the the banquet, you know, those that were at the banquet, that one that I shared with. And my daughter's letter was picked. Oh, as wow. And I had no idea. And then, um, I'm so sorry. I'm so glad. This is <laughs> so beautiful. Keep going. 
And so in the letter, she ended her letter by saying, one day I want to be just like my mom. Wow. And I was freaking out inside because I thought, no, you don't want to be like me. And immediately the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks and he said, she sees you the way I see you. Wow. She sees you as you are becoming. She sees what you don't see in you. It's so prophetic. <laughs> and she, she knows that you're not as bad as you think you are. Wow. <laughs> she sees the good in you. And then the next day I shared in a church. I did the same thing. And I even asked my husband to forgive me. And I started to get letters from people. I never got letters before. (laughs) I started to get letters from people. And I got one from a veteran in a war. And he says, I want you to thank you. I want to thank you for sharing because you gave me permission to ask my kids to forgive me as an adult, as an adult, after going through the war. And he goes, I didn't know I could ask my kids to forgive me for for my, you know, my mistakes and my shortcomings as a father. And it started, if you're going to say that, my ministry. Because it was a ministry of vulnerability, a ministry of of love, of second chance, of, you know, of, of knowing that it's a process to become the person that God has created to be, you, know, you to be. And in a city of like Las Vegas, we need real. Oh, it makes so much authentic. sense. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting to me. I'll just interject real fast. It's interesting to me yes. that like you, you guys birthed the church really out of your vulnerability. And this church was probably going for a long time. And I don't know many people, I've heard you share many times, especially because you guys host your services for real, like you and Paul, just our yeah. mom and dad, you guys host. And you always are sharing, like when, you're, when your brother passed away just this year, and you had to be yeah. honest with your people, and you didn't hold it back. You just said, hey, this is really hard for me, but I felt to be present here. But it's really yeah. hard for me because of what I just went through. And so I just want you mm-hmm. to know, and you like used the story of what you're going through as a push through for everybody else, like to help, like your, your process was going to help heal their process. And I think it's really unique in the prophetic to have the prophetic has been known for not having vulnerability. And as long as I've known you, you've been part of your story is that your breakthrough is everyone else's breakthrough, which is really Mm -hmm. unique. So you can go back in your story. I just wanted to point that out in the story. It's powerful. And I, and from there, from there, we, um, we, I, I began to to realize that it was more important to be real, authentic, and that that God can, like he, he spoke to me. You know when he, he asked Moses, hey, I want you to be my mouthpiece. Yeah. I want you to, you know, and I, I was right there and I was reading this and, and the Lord wanted me to release, to start teaching, to start saying something, even though it was crooked, even though it was very French Canadian, whatever, <laughs> because I, I had to, uh, I, I had to, to walk it out. So I, I started to do that, but then we went to Toronto and um, Toronto completely changed the direction that we were taking. Wow. 
Because you see, Paul had started a year prior to Toronto in 1994. Uh, he had started to go to the mountain to uh, to pray every Friday and fast. And he would just, and then he felt God touched him on the mountain. And he says, mm. I'm going to give you the city. I mean, uh, it, you know, and it was like, we're a little church. We, you know, we're, we're like, we're growing because there's a there's a, the grace and the love that is being released. So we go from two, 200 to 400. But yeah, it's not about numbers, but there was a growth. There was a health that came into the church because it was pretty bad when we were, we sure. walked into that church, you know. And so, um, and so anyway, so that Sunday, one Sunday, he was, he couldn't stop laughing. He couldn't stop uh uh, having this joy uh, when he was preaching. And so a couple at the end said, hey, there's something going on in Toronto. We want to take you. And so we end up in Toronto, and that's where Paul, um, you know, he just went the last night we were there. He just went to someone that he thought was like a janitor because <laughs> he was so <laughs> unassuming. <laughs> um, and he had not spoken while we were there, and it was Randy Clark. <laughs> and so <laughs> I know <laughs> And so he says, hey, can you pray for Vegas? We need some help there. And Randy says, well, but I want to pray for you. Again, it's the person, you know. Yeah. And so, and, and Paul's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> he goes, I'm fine. And he goes, no, no, I really need to pray for you, Paul. And he goes, okay, go for it. And so, and there's Paul's story. But again, it was a vision that pushed us into the next, into the next uh, season, into whatever you call it, but it's he, he prayed for him, and of course Paul fell to the ground, and he goes, "I, I fell to the ground because I couldn't stand up anymore." Wow! Not because Randy pushed me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, and all of a sudden, and I remember I was there, and I was literally embarrassed because it looked like my husband. Because when it doesn't happen to you, and you're not familiar with any of this, except I had been in a Catherine Coleman crusades many of them wow. uh, when you're not familiar with this one here he was literally giving birth oh, wow. he had his legs up his <laughs> legs up and i was like at his head and i was thinking oh my goodness is a baby gonna come out like you like push push you know <laughs> it's like i wanted to tell him to push because he, he was giving signs of birthing something wow and then he says he, he saw this big a vision. And it's the first time he ever saw a vision. And it was a big oil tanker. And it's like grain was being like a big, big recipient. And like grain was being poured into that. And his heart was beating so fast, he thought he was having a heart attack. Wow. And then right there, it's about an hour of that. And then when he got up from this, people started to come to him. He'd pray for him and just prophesy. I mean, it was unbelievable. So when he went back to the church, uh, it's a church we have two services, still a small building. He can't even talk. He's got this this travail in his in his the prophetic expression at ICLV, which was then West Valley, that came that came on Paul and I first was yes vision. But it was this travail. Wow. It was this prophetic travail. And Paul couldn't even stand in front of a church. And he says, if you want the power of God, just come on up. And you know what? <laughs> People want the power of God. They did. They came up. They ran. Wow. They didn't even know where we had gone. They just ran up. And they would start falling. And there were, nobody was touching them. 
And then the first person that came to him had cancer. He was healed of cancer. Wow. And then all of a sudden, our church looks like a hospital instead of a theater. Everybody's all over each other. They're moaning and groaning, being healed, delivered, whatever. They're drooling everywhere. <laughs> then the second service comes in, and same thing. They're seeing people everywhere. It's weird, but hey, if you want the power of God, just come on up. You know, he's crunched over. He cannot even talk properly. Wow. And so the now, were you hit in thought, that in that time? Were you hit too, or was it a little later for you? I, I was. It was later for me. It wow. was later. God had to do some healing. So that's when Paul, after 100 people, leaves the church for after a week because they can't find that in the Bible. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, and it, then that's when Paul says, second chance. I, 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 he said, I, don't do this on me anymore. It's embarrassing. And he stopped this travail. And we grew. Then we got the building and all that. In the meantime, I'm teaching women. Now I'm teaching women. But at that time, Sean, the first wave, I call it trip, the Holy Spirit tripped over our church. I mean, it was crazy. Like people would come and say, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon me, I'm going to shake my head back and forth in a service and say, no, 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 no. That wow. was the prophetic movement wow. I came out of this wow. <laughs> and I was like and I didn't know anything about the prophetic you know at that time and so if I fast forward this knowing you know all, all that happened with Paul but what was happening with me I started to have prayer meetings let's say like every Sunday at five o'clock till six uh, before the six o'clock service on Sunday and mm. by the time I would get it to the service, I went in such travail that I would go and hide in the bathroom. Oh, wow. And so, and my husband was People saying, are trying to greet you and you're like crying out for the city and for the kingdom. <laughs> seriously, I was trying to control it, but it was like I was getting my six pack right there in wow. my stomach. Like seriously, like I felt like my stomach is going to explode. And I'm like, I've got to just go in the room. And I asked the Lord one day, I said, God, what is this? If this is not you, lift this from me. If it is you, confirm it with me. And he took me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where it says that the groaning in, in, in our body, the groaning inside of, of us is for a, a desire for habitation of heaven on earth. Yes. And I said, Lord, I'll take that. <laughs> Seriously. Bring heaven through me. That's fine. And the, so you see what happened? My husband would tell people, my wife is travailing in the bathroom. I don't even know if they know what that means. You know? So I didn't know what to do with it. Then, then Bill Johnson comes to our church. Nice. That was 13, 14 years ago, 15 maybe. And he sees me in the green room coming out of the bathroom because I was travailing. And he goes, you're a prophet. And I go, Excuse, excuse me? <laughs> I'm like, you, are you serious? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is, really. And he goes, you'll find out. I said, why am I always afraid? He goes, because that's sometimes the prophet's Achilles heel. Remember Elijah with Jezebel's yeah. message? Yeah. I said, oh. I said, well, why am I in the bathroom after I, you know, a prayer meeting and I can't, I feel like I'm going to give birth to a baby. He goes, why are you hiding in a bathroom? That's lightning. 
That's the presence of God. Go back, go to the platform. He says, I wish there was lightning in every service that I go, that I speak into. Wow. And permission you know granted. what, Sean? Wow. Yes. Then I wasn't weird anymore. Or at least I wasn't, you know, I, I started to understand who I was, what I was called to do or be a little bit. Yeah. So then the next year, he comes back, but with Chris Volatin. <laughs> and Chris, and he says, they never traveled together. But he says, you've got to come to this church. So he comes. And during the service, you know, towards the end, I am shaking so hard, Sean. He preached on heaven invading earth. And people responded to the altar. And all of a sudden, what I have been doing for all these years, I hear coming out of people. Wow. There's a groaning and there's a, a travail and a groaning and a desire for God and for heaven coming out of people. Wow. And I'm shaking. And so I approached the, the stairs there and with my families there and everything. And Chris and Bill come and the worship keeps going. And I'm like, why am I shaking like this? What is going on? And Chris says, you're being set free of fear. Wow. And he just prayed for me and took all the, the arrows off my back. And then he says, and then I say, I had a dream this week. I never have dreams. But I had a dream this week, and it keeps coming back to my mind right now. I need an interpretation. And, and I said, the dream was this. I was pregnant with twins, gave birth to the twins, but then I was pregnant with another set of twins, never gave birth to them. And I was holding the set of twins that I had in my hands, and one was talking like a man-child, and the other one wasn't talking. But they were both babies. I said, what does that mean? Chris says, that's easy. The apostle and the prophet were born. They, they're born in wow. this house. There, there's a birthing that took place. Paul, you were born before. Your birth came first. You're the more the the the, you're the more mature of the two, and that's what that more that man child baby is representing. And you, Denise, you're the prophet, and you you're going to start school of prophets. You're going to do this. You're going to teach. And I'm like, what? oh okay but then bill johnson said something that was so powerful also he said now there's four generations denise in your family that were supposed to be prophets four but they were too frustrated there was frustration because they were in the wrong place and so god has taken you out of orleans ottawa ontario canada French little village, French village. And he said, put you here in Las Vegas so that you can walk out this calling of yours. I'm like, wow. Do you know how many times that sustained me? That that helped me to say, no, it doesn't matter what people say. This is your calling. This This is why he brought you to Vegas. And of all, all the places he could have brought me to, I thought this would have been the last one. Oh, sure. It's the, probably not on your credit ever. Never. And so two months later, I started to grab books, Chris's books and Steve Thompson and Bill Hammond and stuff. And I started to teach the prophetic. I just mm. said to people, hey, if you want to learn about the prophetic, I didn't even know anything about it, but I come. There was 150 people that showed up on a Saturday <laughs> at 4 o'clock. That's awesome. Yeah. And then they started to say some, hey, 
you, I know Chuck Pierce and I know this one and I know that one. And I go, you like actually know them? You were mentored by them like one-on-one? No, no, I read their books. I should be doing this. I said, oh, I'm sure you know so much more than I do. I finally had to say, listen, I'm glad you all know Chuck and you all know Chris and you all know Bill Hammond, but I want you to know that you're not the one who was called to do this. I was. So you're either going to join me and let's create a great culture, a prophetic culture. But I didn't have those terms then. I just said, I got to do this. I I was called. I took the word as cash. (laughs) Yeah, you did. And you you cashed it in the bank. I think one of the things that's interesting is that season too, because you guys are no longer assemblies of God, but in the, in the Assemblies of God, and I love Assemblies of God, so when I say this, there's just not a lot yeah. of women empowered, so it very much is usually the husband. And mm-hmm. I'm watching you guys' journey throughout all these years, and you and Paul co-lead, and right now you're even leading more than he is in some ways just because of the journey you guys have been on. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I look at it, and I just think it's such a beautiful expression of God taking someone who's unlikely and putting him in this world because everybody knows, like, can relate to you and go... I can do this. Like you're so empowering. I can do this. I can do this. But in that day mm-hmm. when you started the prophetic training, you know, 12, 15 years ago or whatever, <laughs> it's like there, yeah. there is a different map, even in your church in Las yeah. Vegas, your guys' church is huge. Your, your, your impact is huge in the city, but it, you had to prophetically take steps to get there. And one of them was really yeah. your identity, which you teach so beautifully now. And you've yeah. shared so beautifully. I do want to say for our listeners, Denise and Paul have the most amazing children who they have. I mean, they're like their best friends and their grandchildren and everything that God did in that healing was not only just for their family, but for their whole church. They have such beautiful families with healthy, healthy relationships. And it's not just because of the counseling. It's because of the the journey of vulnerability. It's just just been so beautiful. So we need to do a part two because we run out of time. And I absolutely am loving this. But how do people get a hold of you? Uh, ICLV.com. It's it's uh, seven zero two two four two care if you want to call. Um, do you, you guys I, also have ICLV TV? Is that on YouTube or is it its own website? Uh, we e, it's on YouTube. Okay, great. Yeah, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And yes, okay. we stream every Sunday. We have services at nine and eleven. You know, of course, Vegas time. Um, at 9 and 11 and 5 o'clock, so we're streaming. So I'm going to encourage you so, who are listening, uh, listen to Paul and Denise on their streaming. Like, Get involved with their church, ICLV.com. There's so much happening there all the time. They have events, all the time they have a school going on. They have Denise leads prophetic classes and prophetic trainings. It's an amazing, amazing community impacting a city mm-hmm. like Las Vegas. They have so yeah. much impact outside of the church world. And I'm just so mm-hmm. glad that you were part of this today. And you're so vulnerable, yes. Denise. Thank you so much for being yes. on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. God bless. Bless you yes, too. Yes, it was great. It was fun. Growing Up With God is a resource that we created because we believe in children's ability to partner with heaven and hear God's voice. Just like Bill Johnson says, there's no junior Holy Spirit. And parents ask me all the time, when did this start with you? And I tell them it was when I was a little kid that I started to hear God's voice and prophesy over people because I grew up in a nurturing environment that helped me to understand how God lives in me and how to access his voice in his heart. 
So my parents put me on that journey and as Sheree and I were developing different materials, we had to slow down for kids because we knew that they needed a resource as well. So we developed Growing Up With God, the novel, and had a blast writing it. It's really identity book. It's hearing God's voice for yourself, developing that personal relationship with Him. Then we created a workbook for kids. You can go through it with them, parents, but this book is for kids. It's amazing. And we also, in addition to that, created a teacher's guide and a whole course that Sunday schools, homeschools, families can go through small groups. And this is an incredible couple hundred page teacher's guide. It has parent points, it has teacher points, activations, perforated pages. And all of this is framed by this beautiful illustration so that kids from seven to 12 can easily relate across that generational gap. And I know your kids are gonna enjoy this. They're gonna go on a journey. We've had so many incredible reports from parents who said we didn't know how to help our kids access the prophetic. And this resource changed everything for us. It was a game changer for our family. So I'm gonna encourage you, get Growing Up With God, get the novel, we even have a coloring book, a workbook, the teacher's guide, the kit. I wanna encourage you, whatever level you think your kids are at, grab hold of the resource and material and see what God will do for them. 